every day. Millions of dollars are lost to a lack of IT oversight and inefficient infrastructure. At QEH2, we take your security seriously and can handle everything from a new business startup to a Fortune 500 looking to make a change. We are an IT company that puts your needs first. Call QEH2 today at 303-688-7531 or visit us online at www.qeh2.com. Mention the Ladies Chit Chat Club and receive a free security evaluation. 303-688-7531. QEH2. Business Intelligence. Hello, my friends. You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Taverly, and I am your host. I'm here to share my entrepreneurial journey with you and will be bringing on some amazing women who've been helping me, mentoring me, and inspiring me on how grit and grace helps them crush it in business, relationships, fitness, family, friends, and all that good stuff. Now, let's get started. Welcome back to Grit and Grace, and today is actually a really exciting show for me because I've been waiting to bring my friend Olivia on for, it's been like months and months, and Olivia Omega Wallace is here with me today. Thanks for joining us. You're so welcome. I can't <laughs> wait for this either. <laughs> I know, because you know what I'm going to talk about. Yes. You know, we have we there, there's a special part of Olivia that needs to come into this show, and we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff, but there's really a special part of her that's going to come into the show. And um, first, I want to tell our listeners a little bit more about you. And, you know, you are a brand consultant, a coach, and a speaker. You're the co-founder of the Wallace Marketing Group and the author of Beautifully Branded, The Girl's Guide to Understanding the Anatomy of Brand You. You work in strategy and ex execution and you work on messaging and branding both online and with entrepreneurs and you really teach them to dance to the beat of their own brand, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I, I like that so much. And I know you're a mom and, you know, there's this really funny thing about you that we're going to talk about that you are a fan of the disco ball, yes. which means you like to boogie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and you've been featured on USA Today, Entrepreneur, Business Week, People, and the Ellen DeGeneres show. So, my friends, Olivia is here and she is the real deal. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. So, I have to start with this. Um, a lot of my listeners have, you know, heard throughout the course of, you know, 50 podcasts, that there's this transformation that I've been through on my entrepreneurial journey. And that was started in 2017, but I really launched my business in 2018. And I went through a lot of processes of finding myself, finding how to be comfortable being me, right? Because when you start a company, literally your brand and everything is is you. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't get that. I didn't know that. And it was in the Women's Entrepreneurship Day in 2017. So this is the story. For those of you that know this story, I've been telling you about this woman that started speaking when I was in this session. I wanted to like rip off my jacket like Superwoman and throw it on the ground. This is her. This is the this is that this is that woman who so much impacted my ability to feel confident in my own skin. And I want to tell you that today I wore a special shirt just for Olivia because my Love brand, it. yeah, I mean my brand is fearless female and that's what my shirt says because I I didn't know that about myself until I met you. So I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. And we're going to talk about the things that you talked about in that presentation which is you know, there's two things that I took away from that that I still remember that you said probably word for word at the time. 
The first one is, especially for women, but as business owners, we often portray the brand that we think that people want to see from us. Mm -hmm. And that's not what people want to buy from. They want to buy from who you really are. Right. Right. And that that is that's what resonated with me at first because I'm like, yeah, I was already building out all the concepts of my business around this professional persona of a female-owned business that had nothing to do with me. Oh, that sounds miserable. I know. Right? <laughs> it sounds horrible. Oh. So that's so that was one thing that resonated for me. And the second thing that resonated the most is that as women, we are even worse at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, that's, those were the things that impacted me the most. And, um, my listeners know, and you know, too, that I proudly am myself in all aspects of everything I do. And, you know, if you follow me on social media, you'll see that, yeah, I talk about corporate cause agency and working with community partners. And I talk about this podcast, but I also talk about the fact that I love to compete in strongman Mm -hmm. and I teach Krav Maga (laughs) and, and I, and I have kids and, and I I have a whole sleeve of tattoos on one arm and probably going to finish the other mm-hmm. and it's all okay I, that's all me my business and personal all intermeshed yes I love it I so love you it. you will forever be a part of the journey for me to be comfortable in myself and I know that I'm still learning a lot about branding and how I'm going to encompass all that together but I I'm just I'm just honored to have you here Oh, and I'm honored to be a part of that story. I know. It's special. It's yes. really special. And you had no idea at the time, did you? I had no idea. I had no clue. And it worked out perfectly because I wasn't even supposed to speak that day. Oh, I know. I tell the story that I and sat it down. And happened. Oh, yeah. And you were about to leave. <laughs> I was about to leave. And then I said, this woman steps up and she goes, well, so-and-so was supposed to be here, but they're not here. So you're stuck with me. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, great. Oh, crap. <laughs> you did say And then it was within two minutes of you speaking that all of a sudden I felt like all warm. I'm like, what is going on? I honestly think the universe sent you there take for me. Take your jacket off. Yeah. To take my jacket yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay. So let's, let's go back a bunch of steps and let's, oh, I know what I was going to ask you. When did you know that you had impacted me like that? When did you hear the, my story? I started sharing my story about how you had impacted me with like the Megan concerts of the world within weeks. But when did you find out? Well, I found out you came up to me before that day was over and introduced yourself. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, you did. And your jacket was off. (laughs) (laughs) I was probably having an out-of-body experience still. And you, yeah, because I'm sure it was all a blur. And you briefly, it was very quick and very Mm -hmm. brief because I'm sure I was running around with a, you know, like my head cut off, but, and mentioned that um, you had put on this jacket and came into this event thinking you needed to portray a certain, you know, element to who you were so people could take you seriously as Mm -hmm. a women entrepreneur and that my talk gave you um, the encouragement and freedom to be yourself. But that was kind of it because I think it literally was a two minute yeah. And I don't even, honestly, I don't, I don't remember that. I think I was, it was the first time I was publicly in a business event showing all my tattoos. Yeah. So I was literally yeah. f- still out of my body. <laughs> That's am- amazing. And so it wasn't a f- until a full year later, I believe that I really had an opportunity or oh. no, or was it? I don't, maybe, I don't know. Okay. So we didn't speak about it again until the woman's entrepreneurship so day I'm this last year. A full year went by oh. without me knowing the true magnitude mm. of what had happened. So I've told the story on this podcast four or five times. I've had conversations with other 
people that work in the marketing and branding field about how much that impacted me. And I think that why it's so important is because so many people listening to this podcast don't understand that the lines between personal and business, when you are representing yourself for your company, it, it, it's okay for it to be authentically blurred. Yes. Right. And I felt like that was such a, a mindset shift for me. It wasn't just a change in how I presented myself and showing my tattoos. Mm-hmm. It was a whole change in my approach. And I know that it's going to impact thousands of women. And it, and I want to add this too. It's not that it's, yes, it is okay to blur those lines. It's also a benefit mm. to blur the lines. Mm. So I want to give people the freedom to do so, but also let you know it will actually be better for you and your business if they are. So explain what that means to me. Like give me an, give me an example without brands or names or anything of how being so authentic makes a difference to a, mm-hmm. a sale or a buyer. Like why does that matter? Because people buy from people. And I've been doing branding. I calculated the other day, which makes me – I'm like, oh, man, I think I have a birthday coming up. <laughs> For 20 years I've been doing wow. branding. And whether it's in consumer packaged goods is where I started off doing branding for, you know, Pepsi, Frito-Lay, Domino's Pizza, all the way down to taking those principles and applying them to individuals, people buy from people that they relate to. So when we hide behind a logo or a business name and people can't get to know us, they can't like us. Mm. They can't build a relationship with, with a logo. Um, and then if we present, let's say we step out from behind the logo, we present ourselves a person and that person isn't authentic and we're trying to be something we're not, we can tell. I think that's in just building relationships. When you meet someone, you can tell if they're holding back and you can tell if they're trying to be something that they're not. So as we begin to be authentic, one, it makes our lives easier because we're not having to juggle dual personality. Um, but two... It makes us stand apart from the competition. So even taking myself as an example, there's a lot of women out there who do branding, Mm. hundreds and thousands of them. And we could even say there are hundreds of women out there who do branding who used to work at an, an agency. And so we have similar learning and background and things like that. But as I start to truly be myself and exude who I am, my personality, my likes, my dislikes, my quirks, um, my weaknesses and my strengths, people can look at a group of women who do branding and say, I actually resonate with her more because we have a similar story, because she loves disco balls and so do I, because she Mm -hmm. has kids and so do I. Or someone can look at me and say, actually, I don't have kids. I don't like to dance. I don't really resonate with this woman. I resonate with this woman over here. Mm -hmm. So we're able to differentiate ourselves, to build relationships, and actually to win customers when we are truly who we are. I mean, you're talking about getting to know, like, and trust someone from their brand. That's it. Right. And even even if you don't have everything in common with using yourself as an example, what you're doing, though, is you're you're teaching me that I can trust that you are who you say you yeah. are because you're public with it. You're not afraid to show. And I, I will admit that I, you know, starting this podcast, we had to talk about a lot of hard stuff. I mean, we, we had to talk at the beginning. I felt the only way to really do this real was to share my journey, which means mm-hmm. sharing the stuff All that's the difficult. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that that's been a big, um, a big piece of it. So I understand what you're saying. That's, that's brilliant. And you you do this for a living. This I is do it for a living, and yeah. I love it. I love it so much. And hearing the stories and hearing your story, it's like 
um, just confirmation. Like, mm. Olivia, you're doing what you're supposed to do in this world. And it's not about, I always ask someone when they're like, tell me their business. I'm like, well, unto what? So um, somebody who um, designs websites, okay, and to what? Like, well, unto what end? Because mm. life is short because we all are here for a purpose. And so when I can say, yeah, I build brands and I help people launch and grow and market their company. But at the end of the day, why I'm on this planet, I feel, is to give people a sense of confidence, freedom, and joy that they are doing something they truly love. So when did you know you wanted to do this? How did, how did that roll out for you? So let's take it, let's take it back a yeah, little bit. that's way back. <laughs> I, um, I got married pretty young while I was still at the ad agency, and then I had kids, and a lot of different events kind of happened around that time that gave me a taste of entrepreneurship. I had started my first business back when I was 13, and I learned how to sew, and I was making decorative stuffed animals and selling mm -hmm. them at craft fairs and things like that, and I love the creativity of that. But it wasn't until my son was um, 11 months old and he got RSV, he was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. And then when I went back to work, he would go back to daycare and he would get a cold and just a simple cold because his lungs were so sensitive, put him back on oxygen, which took me out of work. And so that cycle happened for a period of maybe a month or two. And by that time, I had run out of all of my sick leave, all of my vacation. And I really had to come down to this to a really tough decision. I was already... Um, I wouldn't say hating my job, loving what I did, but hating the fact that I was working so many hours. I didn't get to see my kids first steps or mm. them roll over. Like I missed a lot of those things. Um, and I didn't feel fulfilled in life. I was selling yeah. potato chips right. and baked beans and, you right. know, those sorts of things. So I feel like in a way I was forced because of my son's sickness to quit my job and to stay at home, be a stay-at-home mom. But in that, I started a children's clothing line. And literally, I think it was the second week I was home from work. And um, I had a three-year-old, a four-year-old and a one-year-old at the time. Hmm. And I loved the Ellen So you weren't busy show. at all. So you, were just, you were just, you're just chilling out pretty just much. Just hanging out, uh -huh. you know, loving life yeah. and and I had a an idea for a baby t-shirt line. And so when the kids would go to bed and take their nap, their nap was 4 o'clock, mountain time. Mm -hmm. Was it 4, 3 or 4? And that's when the Ellen DeGeneres show would come on. Oh, yeah. So I love that Ellen. that was my – I love Ellen, too. I know. And that was my me time. That was like my one hour where I had – no one needed me. I didn't have to cook for anybody. I didn't have to clean up anything. And I would just sit and watch Ellen. So she announced that she – was doing a Mother's Day show. It was the first show that she had ever done like this. Um, this was a, a good long time back. <laughs> and <laughs> That I was before like, it was just Ellen because now it's just the Ellen show. Right. Yeah. yeah. And f yes, exactly. And when my kids are babies, now they're teenagers, which right. is ridiculous. Maybe you started a business in your basement or garage, but let's face it, that's lonely. And meeting clients in coffee shops gets old really fast. Enter Rise Collaborative Workspace. Rise was started by a woman just like you, who knows that you not only need a great space to meet clients, but also a great community for support and friendship. At Rise, they have offices or dedicated desk space to rent or drop-in memberships for those client meetings. Along with weekly learning and social events, Rise is the perfect workspace for women on the rise. 
Check out more about Rise at their fantastic website, riseworkspace.com, or stop by and check it out for yourself at the corner of Colorado Boulevard and 7th next to Trader Joe's. That's Rise Collaborative Workspace at riseworkspace.com and tell them you heard about it from the Ladies Chit Chat Club. Um, but I p- basically pitched this idea of a business that I had just had the concept of in my head to the show and um, was able to be contacted by the publisher uh, or pr- pr- the producer of the show and get my products, basically launch my company on the show. So what was the product? It was a t-shirt. Like a kid's t-shirt? It was a baby onesie. And the onesie, the company was called Baby Candy. And oh the onesies my. were all rolled up really tiny. So they were rolled up this like this big, kind of like a Tootsie Roll. Yeah. And wrapped in cellophane, like a hard candy, like <gasps> a Jolly Rancher. And they all had candy flavors for their colors. There was a nutrition label on the back. And the biggest thing was that they were customizable. So it would, um, for us, it would be, you know... Um, the dad's name and the mom's name made by the mom and the dad. Oh, so everything I was love handmade. It. Everyone, every order was custom made, and um, so it just took off, and it was incredible. Wow! And, and lended to a long line of partnerships and collaborations, and celebrity sightings, and PR pickups, and you know, trade shows, and it was Amazing. a wild ride for a while, um, until my son was diagnosed with autism. Mm. And the marriage was, my marriage was already suffering from lots of different things, but um, me also being focused on the business and um, us kind of drifting apart, the stress of autism, 80% of, of marriages when a child is diagnosed with autism end in divorce. Mm. So it ended in divorce. And so I had, at that point in time, been doing baby candy. I had been doing some consulting, taking the branding that I'd learned and applying it to other women who were doing mom and baby products and um, ended up having to go go crawling back to my agency job because I couldn't make enough money on my own. And emotionally, I couldn't couldn't make T-shirts. I couldn't fulfill orders. I, I now was on my third year of the Ellen DeGeneres show, and that third time the huge influx of orders and I could barely get out of bed to do them. Wow. So that crumbled. Mm -hmm. My life crumbled. Um, So I went back to work and rebuilt everything and then got back to that place of remembering, oh, yeah, this is why I'm fulfilled by this, but I also – um, and not fulfilled. Yeah. You had had trauma the way that that yeah, went down. Major. That was, that was, that was trauma. So you, you needed the time to grieve and, um, accept, you know, your life was going to go into a completely different direction than you thought that it was going to go into it. And you know how I can relate yeah. to that is my son was diagnosed with a seizure disorder when he was like two and a half. Mm. And within a year I caught my spouse in a car with my best friend. Mm. And, and it was, it wasn't even a year, actually it was two years, but it was it was such a it was so much combined trauma. It's combined, yeah. It's combined trauma because what especially as a parent, because where you think you're gonna go with your children when you end up on a completely different path, there isn't a climatization period that needs to happen that it's okay and it's all still gonna be fine. Right, right. But it is it is it is trauma as a parent to know that there's nothing you could have done but where you thought your child was going to be and what their potential opportunities and risks. Yeah. 
everything changes. Right. So I, I, I can totally, totally relate to that. And so I understand when you say you can't get out of bed, even though you had a successful business, it had nothing to do with anything other than you were in trauma. Yeah, it yeah. was bad. I remember my daughter, she was, you know, four. My son was, or she was probably five. My son was two. Or even uh, these ages. I'm like, well, how old is that? I, I know. That's what? why I'm thinking, wait, there's two and a half, but I can't get it. I mean, mine are 20 and 18 now. So the oh. fact that I even thinking about them being two is I like, know. this is pre-internet. I mean, not pre-internet, but yeah. pre-common internet, pre-social media for pre-social sure. Pre-social media. And so yeah. now, so mine is 16 and 13. Yeah. And so I just remember my daughter coming up and she's like, mommy, we're hungry. Like we need to eat breakfast. Mom, get out of bed. Yeah. And I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't feed them breakfast. Yeah. Um, so a lot transformed. Inspired, but I and I went back to work and things got better on the surface, right? Yeah. I was making money. I had to get a new place to live. My car was repossessed. I had to get a new car, like mm. all of these things. And then four years later, I woke up and I was like, things are better, but I'm still not fulfilled and I'm still not doing what I feel like I need to do on this planet. And so I have this ritual now that involves not the disco balls yet. Um, that, <laughs> that comes later? Well, no, it actually has come into play. The disco okay. ball thing was simply that um, I love to dance. I love mm. it. And when I turned 33, um, this was after, you know, after divorce, but I wasn't, I was trying to date, but that's tough and raising kids and all of this stuff. And I threw myself an 80s prom birthday. Oh my gosh. At 33, and I bought a disco ball. And it was such a magical experience. I invited my friends from high school and a bunch of girls, and we had 80s prom dresses on and corsages and stuff. And the disco ball brought me so much joy in that moment that I went and bought another one. And then I hung it in my dining room. And for me, dance parties was something that the kids loved to do. It was a ritual we did pre. We did breakfast dance parties before getting ready for school. We did pre-bedtime dance parties. We did Saturday, you know, death parties. We did, you know, pre-church dance party on Sunday. So it started to become the ritual where I felt like me and my kids could have some joy in a time where I was really sad. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't cry when I'm dancing. Yeah. Like I don't cry when I'm dancing. Yeah. And so that's how the disco ball thing. And now I have like 30 of them. Um, I love that <laughs> so much. The other ritual that kind of came to place was this notion of pancakes. I don't know why, but pancakes and contemplation okay. is my big thing. So the day I realized I knew what I wanted to do with regard to um, women and personal branding, I um, was having a rough day working and just trying to figure out what's my purpose. Why why am I here? What do I want to do when I grow up? And I went and I bought myself breakfast. I took myself out to breakfast, which I think I had never really done before. And I ordered pancakes, which I love. And I was like, pancakes seem to come in my life or I go to them when I'm making really big decisions. Mm. So I was just sitting there eating and it just popped into my head, personal branding for women entrepreneurs. And so, um, I slowly went to part-time, went to contract, and kind of weaned myself off of the health insurance check security Mm -hmm, of the ad agency and started my own consultancy. And now um, I'm going on seven years. It's amazing. Yeah. I love that you're doing that. And you, you're explaining an experience where you kind of just became aligned, right? Is yeah. That, you yeah. found joy in times when there wasn't necessarily a lot of joy because it, it is hard to feel joyous when you're doing stuff that you know is not meant to do, but you have to do it to pay the bills. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's just, there's times. And, and on top of that, being a single parent and trying to create a fulfilling relationship, well, I may have or may not have done a podcast about being single. And I, I, I wasn't, it, it was the one, number one most requested podcast uh, of my network really? of 
really? people and I'm still uncomfortable doing it. But I, I think that you put all those things together. Those are, those are some tough times, right? You're not on solid ground. No, it's tough. But like we, we, we have a message in our mess. And so when I think about yeah. my own personal brand and why I am so transparent is because I need other women to know that other people have gone through it. And we made it okay. We came out on the other side. And it isn't pretty. It's very messy. But, you know, my brand persona is, um, you know, put together on the outside, but a little bit of a hot mess underneath. And I let that shine through. And so, again, I, I hope people are either attracted to that or they say, you know, that's not my cup of tea. Yeah. And if that's okay, if somebody's not attracted to that, um, you let them go and make space for a unicorn. I think that there's there's – so much impact that you are creating already, just even talking about this topic, that it's okay to be a little bit of a hot mess mm -hmm. and, and still be extremely successful and driven. And these are some of the things I know about you, that you are driven in that all those things that you went through were the pieces that built the resiliency. Exactly. And now you're passing that off to other women and helping them create a brand around that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it a lot. So what you've been doing this for seven years on your own. Yes, seven yeah. years on my own. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. So what are this what are some tips that we can provide other listeners, whether it's their personal brand or their business brand or how or maybe they're building a brand within being a CEO, whatever that might be. How can they get started to think about the big picture? Like mm -hmm. where do you start with people that you work with? I start with the heart. Always, always. I start with the heart. And that's kind of um you know, when we look at the the book that I wrote beautifully branded, it breaks down the anatomy of a woman and mm -hmm. the heart is where I start. And really what that means is in relation to our brand and our business is what are our core values? What do we believe in? And it's not fluff. It's not, you know, I, I think I look at corporations like we believe in equity and we believe in, um, you know, equality and that, uh, uh, we believe in successful leader. Like all, you know, it's like, okay, those are great answers for a corporation, but you Taverly, what do you believe in at the core of who you are that you, um, can't just shake, you know, mm -hmm. your core values, your, your own, um, like it's like your soul it's like your soul yeah. inspiration right yeah. as a as a woman what what matters to me and you're right that does come from the heart that has nothing to do with the brain it has nothing to do with the brain it comes from the heart and sometimes those things shift a little bit over time i think about if you were to ask me at 21 i was just married i didn't have kids yet what were my core values i was just out of out of college versus when my kids were toddlers versus my kids being teenagers now you know our our sometimes our what's top of mind shifts and our personalities might shift. Our brands even as a person might shift a little bit, but what's important to us at our core usually stays. Um, it usually stays fairly consistent. So I always, always start with the heart. The heart also guides us on, um, the hows, how we should get to where we want to go. Mm. So if I'm established here, my values, here's who I am at my core. This is what I believe in. This is what's important. Sometimes that can start with a mantra. I believe this. Um, I always hold true to this, et cetera. Then we'll shift to the brain. And the brain is the brand strategy. And in brand strategy, you have to think about where do you want to go and that could be this year. It could be in five years. Where do I want to end up so that you can map out a course of how to get there? You'll never be able to get to 
your end result unless you know where that is. Yeah, it's like saying, okay, I'm going to drive to Fort Worth. And I don't know why I thought of Texas. I just, Texas just came to my brain without a map. Right. Or right. Or my Google Well, on the map, I know. <laughs> Sorry. Geez, what do we do without But that's that? like just, it. You're, you're describing having a destination before you make a plan. Um, but my question for you is what if, okay, so if you're talking about a plan that's three years from now, isn't it going to change? It, it always does. There's yes. A, there's this um, a visual. It's a graphic meme that's all kind of all over the interwebs. But it's basically it, has, it shows point A and point B, and it's like what we thought it would be, right? Yeah. Kind of a straight line, maybe a little squiggly. And it's like but in massive reality, ups and downs. It's like and, yeah. ups and downs and turnarounds yeah. and backtracking and back to point A and back, you know all it's it's all over the place. So yes, you're right. It's it's tricky for us to predict where we're going to end up three to five years from now. The, the destination may change. The path to get there may change. But unless we have some idea of our hopes, where we would like to go, even if it's just this year, we can't track it there. So yeah. when you said Dallas, let's say, um, that is where we want to go. Okay, mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't even know where they want to go. Let's take a trip. Let's go on vacation. Where do you want to go? No idea. Well, first well, we of all, most people are not going to pick Dallas. Let's just clarify. For a vacation, <laughs> right, I know. Right, right. Yeah. So I want let's I want to go to I'm going to go to Hawaii for a vacation. So now at least I have a destination. Well, right. how I'm going to get there? Okay. Well, we could do a lot of different things. Hawaii is also a bad example for what I'm about to say. <laughs> let's just let's go back to Dallas. Okay. okay. <laughs> I could take a train to Dallas. Mm-hmm. I could take a bus. I could take a, a air a flight. I could go first class. I could drive part of the way mm. and then take a ride with a friend and go like there's so many ways to get there and that's what we would call strategy. What's the strategy to get from point A to B and this is all part of your head, right? What's that what's the strategy? Um do we want to get there as quick as possible? Do we want to get there and bring other people along with us? Is our brand and our mission about um collaboration and community involvement, then the way we get to Dallas is going to be different than a corporation that is just focused mm. on getting there their own. So we we got we to come up with how do we get there? And then the tactics of marketing and branding are, let's say we decide our strategy is to um, rent a van and pull together our favorite people that we know are going to support us and we can support them. The tactic then is picking up the phone and calling and researching how much do vans cost and actually securing the van, um, going to the store and buying the snacks because we're going to be hungry. So mm. we, as our, with our business and our brand, we literally have to break things down that way. Otherwise, we're aimlessly kind of just floating and going along. Um, and then when things happen, when we break down on the way to Dallas um, and we need to change a tire, like then we can evaluate and reevaluate. Okay, what do we need to do? Because things happen that we don't plan to happen. The next thing we have to do is make sure that our heart is aligned. So we've created this strategy. We've we've used our head. Now let's go back though to our values. Does this align with our values? Is if as where we're going and the strategy we're taking to get there and the people we're taking along with us and the tactics, how does that align with my values and my heart? And when it doesn't, if it doesn't, because if we've ever been in love, our head mm-hmm. and our heart don't always align. Right, right. I say go with heart. Yeah. But there's also a saying that says, um, lead with your head, take your heart with you. And so that's almost this gut check. What, is, what does my gut say about yeah. the direction I'm going in? I totally see that. And you know what? I, th- I think that it's really easy to get pulled away from your heart, mm-hmm. especially as a new entrepreneur. I mean- 
I'm sure that you've seen it in the cycle of so like stages where my business is at. I'm really like a year into traction and where I'm going, I am all about strategy now. I mean, the mm -hmm. heart was all the beginning right. and figuring it out. And, you know, when I first met you, I didn't even have a name in my company, but I knew what I wanted to do because I know my niche. Right. right. Mm -hmm. But now I am so focused on strategy. I mean, 2019, I'm so focused on strategy, but I'm also aware that I need to keep my heart in it. So I, the word that I created for this year to help guide me through all of these changes that I know are going to happen in this big year is water. Mm, because water nourishes the body, the mind, the soul. Everything is interconnected through water. Water um, flourishes the seeds that you've planted. Mm -hmm. But water also goes with the flow. Water yeah, means the ability to pivot. And so yes. I, I, I literally chose a word that wasn't going to just be like grow, grind, push, none oh, of those things. Because yeah. I did that, right? I've mm -hmm. done that part. And I, I need to, I need to keep the heart in, in check all the time. So I, I understand how easy it is to lose that, especially in a grind position. I mean, it's, it'd be easy for me to grind. I could work 80 hours a week for the next yeah. year and get where I want to get, but I won't have my heart then. Your heart will be gone. Yeah. And then why do it? Then why do unto it? What's what? the purpose? Yeah. yeah. Unto what? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know if you're following, um, the, the book and the Netflix series, Tidying Up. No. Kondo. Oh, yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. So Sparkling I'm, Joy. Yeah. So I'm like, oh. I didn't read the book, but I am following the Netflix series. And yeah. that's kind of my little binge every night lately. But what I love about what she does is she doesn't, when you're going through clothes, she yeah. doesn't ask, does it fit? She doesn't ask, how much did you pay for it? Or how often do you wear this? Or all those things that yeah. we use when we go through our closet, we try everything on, does this fit? And a lot of times it's like, oh, well, I'm going to lose a couple pounds, so it doesn't fit now, but I'll keep it for later. Like mm. all these, or I can't get rid of this, I paid too much for it. Or, you know, these things, she, mm. she simply says, does this spark joy? And if it does, keep it. If not, let it go. And so even in our brands and our businesses, and we think about where our values lie, does what we're doing spark joy? And if not, why why keep doing it? And I I just I think that we should say that again because it's it no matter what what you do or where you're at in life, in your own business and a corporate job or um, you know have a side hustle and a corporate job whatever that might be because we have a lot of listeners that are entrepreneurs and business owners a lot of solopreneurs that if you're doing something that doesn't spark joy asking yourself why do it yeah. Yeah. Why do it? And a lot of times it could be even money. I was telling somebody earlier today, um, I used to get paid a lot of money to do PR. Mm -hmm. And I, my, the last full-on PR client that I intentionally took was probably five years ago. I was getting paid more than I ever had on my own. Mm -hmm. And I was miserable, miserable. I couldn't sleep at night. It was just, it was the worst. And so um, we, we agreed to part ways. I wasn't even doing good work at that point. I was just, it was horrible. And I told myself, I'll never actually put myself out there for PR work again. Mm. Because it, 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 it doesn't, not only did it not bring joy, but it brought like, it sucked you, it sucked you dry it a little, horrible. took your energy. That's a really good gut check too. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times in our lives have we done things for long periods of time that didn't feel right? Right. Right. And why do we do it? I mean, the fear of change 
sometimes is greater than the fear of, of the pain, mm-hmm. right? I think that that's, isn't, isn't that the balance that we all play with, yeah, right? Is, it is the fear of, of pain and, and pleasure. And if, if we appear, if something appears to us as being really difficult to make the change because you don't know what's around the yeah. corner, you don't know what's around the and corner. And that could be lack of finances. Yes. It could be lack of stability or focus or, you know, or any sort of change at all. Right. I, I say that, you know, I, I jumping off a, a, a 10-story building is what it's like to become a female entrepreneur. Jumping off mm-hmm. a 10-story building with, okay, maybe a 2% chance that you're going to make a million bucks if you survive that 10-story yep, job. it's about 2 It's about <laughs> 2%, right? right? <laughs> How many people would choose that off the bat? Right. Right? I, I like ran and jumped off that building and built my, my parachute on the way down mm-hmm. because I just know that if you stop and think about those changes too much, if you, we don't know what's around the corner – we hesitate to go around the corner. Definitely. Yeah. And so you build, building, a, um, you know, you're talking about all of this at a high level because all of that has to do with how we brand ourselves. It does. It does. And, yeah. and people ask me all the time, how am I, how can I be authentic in the brand that I'm putting out there? Mm. How am I more authentic? How can I be more me? And there's lots of ways to do that tactfully we could talk about, but one of the biggest ways is by saying no to certain things. So I can be my most authentic self and brand when I decide I'm not doing this, I'm doing this. Mm. Or I'm not taking this client, I'm taking these clients. I'm not focusing on this target audience, I'm focusing on this target audience. And when when opportunities come to us and for us to say, no, that's not me. Or no, that's not in my heart. No, that doesn't feel right. That's how we present the most authentic self. That is so powerful. Um, and, and people are going to need to sit with that for a minute. Yeah, it's tough. It is tough. And it's, it's freeing at the same time. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, I have faced some really difficult decisions um, as a lot of my listeners, and I'm sure you've listened to my podcast, you know mm-hmm. that over this last year, I've had to really make some decisions about st- stuff like that. And it hasn't stopped. It doesn't ever stop. That's what stop. I was going to say. As I was sitting here, I'm like, I'm sharing this as an expert. And because I talk about it all the time, it rolls off the tongue really easily. But I am the first to sit here to say, I am faced with those decisions and questions every day too. Yeah. And it's not easy. And I don't always make the right decision. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's freeing and it's one of the hardest things you'll have to do forever. Forever. And it's, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's just part of being wise and being driven and having, having your life mean something more than just a paycheck. And listen, there are lots of, Mm -hmm. there's lots of space in the world for people that want to work a nine to five job and have a paycheck and go home and not have extra drive to do things different. It's okay. There are places in, in, in the world where, in our world even, where there's space for people to work those roles and those personality types are fit with that. That's not what we're talking about. Right. And, and we're not saying that that's a bad way. We're just saying right. that's not our way. You and I are very similar. I mean, we we are we can look at things and say, okay, I'm going to dive head into something even though it's scary. It's That's not for everybody. Um, but cutting out the things that don't support that mm-hmm. or don't, you know, if you spread yourself, it's like the spray and pray, right? You spray and pray. It doesn't work so well. No, you, it you doesn't. Have, that's with marketing. That's with anything. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's just not a known message. I, I think about so many people that are employed by companies and corporations 
and don't have to think about the brand of themselves as anything other than just their social brand. Yeah. Right. I, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's, there's that whole, and it's probably the larger demographic of people that use social media, social media users that are not business owners that don't do any type of promotion or branding. Right. They just see social media as just a way to connect with the people that they like. They don't realize that for people that are working for themselves or trying to build an audience and attention, that it's it's social media is part of your job. Yeah. I mean, it's part it's part of what you do. It's not it's not just the fun things. And there's so many people that don't understand that. No, they don't. And what's <laughs> funny is even family. Like, um, I have lots of siblings. They're all on social media, and I'll get these little comments. And and this is from my siblings, but also from people in general. Like, looks like you're doing really well. Like, wow, Olivia, looks like things are going great. <laughs> looks like life is treating you well. And it's like. That's because you know what you see, and not that I want to present anything fake. No, and I'm, but I'm transparent yeah. in letting people in on a little bit of the mess, mm-hmm. but I don't air everything. And so, what you see on social media is like, yeah, I'm on this great podcast and yeah. I'm doing these cool things. Yeah, but um, you don't see the sleepless nights and the just all the other stuff and the insecurities and yeah. all the things that everyone deals with. I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, because we put ourselves out there on social media we are placed on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's just, it's it's kind of like this juxtaposition. Did I say that word Mm -hmm. right? I believe I did. Of where you want to portray yourself because you are the brand itself. So go back to our original statement. Mm -hmm. When you are, you know, when you own and operate your own business or you have goals that you're pushing forward, what you put out there needs to be authentic and real. It needs to be you in, in, all its glory, maybe not all its glory, like they don't need to see your, your dirty laundry hanging mm-hmm. out. That's not going to help. But also you're also trying to achieve a goal, like you're trying to have something accomplished by that. So it's the juxtaposition between what am I going to do? What does this mean for my business? Right. And how can I really just still also be myself? Right. Whereas it's a balance. It's a balance, right? It's and totally I, balance. I think that that's, I think that that's just such an interesting topic. And I love that you wrote a book about it. I asked you to bring another copy for me um, today because I have given mine away and I didn't write in mine and I wish I would have because then I wouldn't have to give it away. <laughs> but it's a, it's a, it's a really good book. And you ask some really good questions about the heart and about you as the person. And I, I admit I was a little surprised when I opened that up because I, I, as soon as I started reading, I knew where you were going. It was You're the like, same ah. as our conversations. <laughs> this book is, it's going to be about me, Tav really, instead of corporate cause agency. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's interesting in that when we think about that balance and especially now having teenagers and having teenage girls mm. who look to me as a role model um, and I want to I give the right message to them of being yourself, especially with these kids now on social media. It's, mm-hmm. um, it, it's tough. It's, mm-hmm. it's really tough to yes, be them is. and to grow up in the society that we're in right now. But I have played a lot with my image and my brand and I cut all my hair off for the most part mm-hmm. that's um, so super cute last year and I love it yeah. but um when you talk about being authentic and being yourself a lot of me wants to shave it off and a lot of me wants to have it natural right now it's still straightened yeah but I don't want to be too ethnic and too black and all yeah. of these things but wow as right. that comes out of my mouth and my daughter hears that mm. what type of message am I giving her and then and and then in my mind I'm like but I but I do want to be proud of my ethnicity and who I am and so sometimes I wear head wraps 
And then other days I'm like, well, let me take this off so I'm not too X, Y, and Z. Mm. And I think that is, that's something that I talk about because I want people to um, understand that that pull and tug and the, the balance is real and the pressure from society to be you but fit in, be you but not too much you is, mm. is real, that I even go through that and I even face it. Um, but I, I, uh, I think I feel like that is my new shift in focus in 2019 as I talk about branding is that struggle. Mm. Because in, even in my book, I talk about my own personal stories and be you and be authentic, but I don't bring in that the struggle of being yourself as a woman, mm. trying not to portray and be too feminine, try not to be too much of a woman, don't be too beautiful. You know, all of these things that society says. And then even as an African-American woman, don't be too eccentric, don't be too black, don't be too powerful or strong. And so um, that's a that's a puzzle piece that I feel like is kind of missing. And I think it's one that you should totally address. And boy, it's so complicated because if you if you are too strong and you are too out there and you are you use I mean, look at me. I mean, I I, I there's a lot of topics on this podcast that I talk about that are hard, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I sometimes can be really firm in my opinion, and not everybody's gonna love that. Right. And I also teach Krav Maga, so I, I I make a lot of jokes about like busting windpipes and stuff. And I'm sure half the people out there are gonna be like, "Whoa, what? Yeah, that's what scary. Did, that's a little too much <laughs> out there for me. I'm I'm a girl. I don't do that. Well, mm-hmm. I am all of those things. Yeah, exactly. And finding a way to to sit in the middle and that be okay. And you know, still, yeah, I've got big fluffy blonde curls, and yeah, I also have half a body filled with ink. Mm-hmm. So all these different. Um, contradictory parts of ourselves. Actually, I think about that probably once a week. I go through what I'm going to post, what my week is going to look like on social media. What do I want to share that's mm-hmm. real? Because I pick real stuff. Like, I actually shared a picture today of what we were doing and this shirt. And I, I'm telling you, I literally wore this shirt for you. <laughs> um, that I, I had to. I, I, I stop and think about it. Am I being? Am I being too tough? Am I being too feministy? Yeah. You know? Am I? Am I? Am I fighting for the things and posting the things that really matter or where's my heart and all mm-hmm. that? Um, I'm going to tell you an interesting story that happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I had a, a gentleman approach me and ask me why I feature only women on my podcast. Mm-hmm. And he felt very affronted. He called me a feminist and he yay i'm like why is that a bad word i don't understand but this is like, this what? is the thing like he's like that you're you're making the divide worse okay you are mm-hmm. you are taking women and, and putting them all together and that makes the divide more and then men aren't in and what about all the amazing men's stories we have to share right. and if i had the 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 wits about me at the time, but I was pretty surprised. And actually mm-hmm. it cut a little bit because yeah. I am a very inclusive of everybody person. So the thought of somebody telling me that I'm not including a group of somebody bothered me. So it doesn't bother me anymore because, you know, once the equity is all equal between men and women and all mm-hmm. the stuff, I would feel different. But what I would like to say is that, you know, there is a place for, for everyone. Yeah. And, and there is you know, we all can make choices and judgments about that. But what we put out there, you know, you, you want to sit in a place that's really yourself, mm-hmm. even if it is a little on the edge. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. tricky. And I've actually been criticized. I told the story about my head wrap and questioning, and then I took it off yeah. when, I, when it was a first, um, uh, first impression because I didn't want – and I got criticized. And I was like, I'm just – I'm being real about the struggle. That's 
in my head and I'm not the only one. Mm. And knowing that um, it pops into my head, I have to, I make a choice to act on it or dismiss that question. And so acknowledging the notion that it pops into our head, it pops into our head about, Mm -hmm. should I wear sleeves? Should I, you know, should I cover? Should I not? Makes you human. Now, what you decide to do after it's popped into your head, do you let it eat you up? Do you dwell on it? Do you, you know, that's what gives, gives us power. The fact that it's there doesn't make us weak. Right. And that's what makes you connect with other people. Yeah. And that's what creates that no like and trust because mm-hmm. people have that. I actually still I ask I ask myself that question about what to wear and what to do about my tattoos all the time yeah. still. Is even as comfortable yeah. as I am, I still ask, is this is this the time? And it's not for me, it's for is it gonna in- interfere with my objective? Yeah. So that's a different question than, oh, what if they see this? What if they don't like what it? What if they don't like it? Yeah. Right. What if they think this? No, I'm it's way more past about that. How am I gonna be able to get done and get right. across what I need to in right. this particular situation? Right. Without being too on the edge. Yeah. So we need to I think we should do a whole podcast on the where the you edge. sit on the edge. Yeah. It is because that's that's what it feels like. And I think that when you really push it to the edge, that's when you're doing stuff that really matters. Mm-hmm. That's when people start to listen. Yes. Totally. Most of the time. Totally. I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert. But I, <laughs> I but I, I do think that the more the more edgy I am sometimes and the more I'm really true in those feelings, um, not not passing the line, not crossing a line that will alienate people that I know are listening, but the more that I am really truthfully edgy, I'm actually just – I'm confirming what other people think. Oh, yeah, totally. And you will attract and repel. And the people that are attracted to you will just, like, love, 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 love you. Yeah, same with you. You have a big, long <laughs> line of fans behind you. So how – okay, so how do you do this? You talk about starting from the heart. Mm-hmm. And and then I'm sure you look at that vision of where people want to go and, and matching that together. And, and what's the practicality of implementing something like that? Because we are – I mean, branding is different now than it was before social media, because now a lot of our brand becomes from social media, right? But are there places outside of social media that are a hands-on tactic that people still use today? Yeah. I mean, even looking at, I don't lump blogs and podcasts into social media Mm. because they can exist. They work hand in hand, obviously, when you're marketing your blog, but blogs, podcasts, um, even, uh, Face-to-face. So face-to-face is something that we start to forget about because everything is so focused online um, that we forget it's important to get out into our communities and to meet people. And I hide behind it a lot. It's funny that I'm actually an introvert. And so Mm. it's uh, I can get in front of a a group of a thousand people and talk. But if it's a networking event where it's like, hi, what do you do? Hi, what do you do? And like on and on and on. I actually really get drained and I don't appreciate those things. But it's it's important for us to remember that there is magic in the face-to-face in building our brand. And that is how we dress, how we present ourselves, our smile, our eye Mm. contact, all of these things that we don't necessarily, we aren't necessarily able to use online to connect with people. I'm so glad you brought that up. I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. We we still have to be people to people. Yeah, even on, even on, we can't hide behind it. No, kids these days because so much social media and texting that we didn't have growing up. Yeah, they actually lack a skill of walking up to somebody and asking them a question, or walking up to. There's a lot of um, uh, prom 
asks prom oh, proposals. Oh, the prom proposals. Yeah. yeah. Some of them are big and crazy, but a lot of them are texts. I just or I can't even imagine on Facebook, you yeah. know. I have have taught both of my children that if you cannot sit in front of another person and ask them a really important question, don't ask them. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. I mean there's yeah. nothing the critical stuff never ever ever electronically just because as human beings it's not going to help them as right. as individuals but oh I know they do it all everything's by yeah. everything is by and it's just so convenient and it's so easy and I'm mm-hmm. like I know I'm not for that I'm still a talker I know I still which is why I like doing podcasts like this because I get to sit across I from know, you and, so and see your smile <laughs> I know it's good but I think that they'll have to learn that mm-hmm. they will. My daughter's dating and not, she's not dating. Wait, what I was going to say, why the hell did that come to my mouth? <gasps> was that foreshadowing? <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. You're going to need to get her into oh, some self-defense. You need to send her into I Krav Maga. said that. <laughs> she's not dating. What am I saying? No, but she has, she has a crush. Yeah. And it's a, a, a boy. He's, he's great. He seems great, but they do a ton of the texting mm. and then they meet for lunch at school like a couple times a week. But the texting is kind of crazy, and then she freaks out when he doesn't respond right away. Oh. And what does that mean? And mom, what do I do? And I'm like, maybe call? <laughs> like, I know. they th- did she, Does she think you're crazy? She, she's I like, mean, I can't call him. I know. People just – my kids will not make phone calls. Yeah. It's not, it's not a like, thing. Pick up the phone and call. If he's busy, he won't answer. If he's not, he'll answer. And then you guys could talk, and you can see he's probably not mad at you. He's probably – he's also in, in – um, he's a thespian, and so he's in plays and all. I was like, he's probably at, like, play practice or – He's probably on stage and he can't. I'm laughing because she, did she actually call him? No. <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> I know. When do you think that will change? How do how old do you think our children will be before they value? Well, actually, my son now is mostly on the phone. Um, really? in, in, on speakerphone. Yeah, because he's multitasking. Oh, okay. So if he's playing a video game or getting ready or working or driving, he's always – so he he's doing that more than texting, but only just as, out of a necessity. Because of the necessity of multitasking. Yeah. So when you ask the question, when what age where, all, where our kids will be when they actually start calling – it's when the not calling is more painful than the calling. Mm. So for your son, the multitasking is bringing him pleasure, and he it's probably painful to not be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's calling. And until – I don't know what it would be for my daughter. It would have to be that texting is less effective or less fulfilling than calling, and I honestly don't know if or when that will happen. Maybe when they don't see each other at school all the time. It might be when that personal connection – goes away and the only connection is the phone well so for this boy they had the same lunch period last semester now so they funny. don't so, so they don't see each okay. other okay so there, there you go thanks she my doesn't call oh my <laughs> <laughs> well and if your daughter's listening you know, know. we understand on, we girl. feel your pain we know <laughs> you're gonna have to figure it out and i i want to talk about the fact that your daughter is an author as well yeah, right she is tell me about that she is um i talk about when i write it's like it's so laborious. Like it's the pain, most painful thing for me to sit and write a book. It was so hard. But for my daughter, she just, it's like vomit. It's like she's writes and writes and can't stop and can't stop and ends wow. up with these massive, huge, thick books. And it's just so natural for her, which I love that she's found something she's good at and passionate about. But she in seventh grade, she was 12, wrote a contest, like an essay for a contest and everyone won. She's always, she's still bitter. She's like, yeah. everyone won. Um, and it was like a certain number of of letters or words or a thousand words, something right. like that. And she just kept going. 
And she had this great idea. She kept going and kept going. And in the magic of Google Docs, she was able to just come back to it and keep adding to it and adding to it until finally she's like, Mom, I'm done with the book I just wrote. I'm like, what? Um, and that was like, that was the beginning of now she's finishing her fourth book. That's uh, so amazing. Yeah. That's so amazing. And are they um, are they available on Amazon? They're on Amazon. And yeah. the series is called The Death Call by MJ Logan. And it's a fiction thriller adventure novel series there's three of them um, that go through the the um, life of these kids in middle school and how things start to be weird when kids are disappearing from swing sets and not returning to school and you have to figure out who done it <laughs> wow that is awesome yeah. i mean you you have raised a child um in an environment to allow that creativity to flow yeah, it's amazing. Right? It's amazing. It's the one thing that I that besides that and some Netflix binging occasionally, yeah. it's the one thing that I literally have to tell her to stop doing Christ. because she needs to eat or go to school or go to bed. And she wow. just writes. So she's found her gift really early. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And your book, Beautifully Branded, is available as well? Yes, on Amazon. So tell me, Olivia, how can people find you? So we've just given all these people, all this information. We've told them about your book, which is available on Amazon. Um, and I'm going to get my copy back. So I'll let you have this. And whoever's listening that has my copy, I, you, you, <laughs> you can give it back now. Um, how can people find you if they want to learn more or to work with you? Um, I'm a lot of places. OliviaOmega.com is my okay. website. And we'll put that in the show notes for those of you that don't know how to spell that. <laughs> And then, um, obviously, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Olivia Omega. And I'm really um, being more diligent this year to grow my YouTube channel oh, and to put awesome. some consistent video content out there. I think from not only from a branding perspective, video is so important. Mm -hmm. It's the quickest way to build no like, and trust without mm -hmm. being in front of someone physically. Right. And from a just straight algorithm marketing standpoint online, video is the way to go. It gets more engagement. Um, Facebook will push it out actually more in people's feeds because it is more engaging. Um, you can get more views on your videos for less money. Um, YouTube is like the search engine of the world now, mm -hmm. um, almost surpassing Google. So, yeah. um, so for lots of reasons, I'm really pushing and working on video so they can find me on YouTube. I think that's – I'm glad that you brought that in. And we are going to do a little video. So if you guys haven't seen our, our video and you're listening, you're going to go find it. We're going to do a little video today. But, yeah, it's true. It's, it's, it is the new way to communicate information, and there's no reason not to other than people just aren't comfortable in front of the camera. Yeah. yeah it's, it's totally – that's the truth. Mm -hmm. So I will put in the show notes everywhere anybody can find you. And, listen, she has – Olivia has given you so much information today, and I'm so grateful for you for being a part of the – initial part of my journey and the fact that I now get to you know consider you my friend and I look forward to all the things that we can do together and share with our listeners more tips and tricks because these are important topics and I think that we together can help move this forward to as many women as possible I agree well, thank you for joining the show thank you I've got one last question yes what is you know this is a common question I started I said what is what is your percentage of grit and grace 
So this mm. is what I ask my guests at the end of shows because this is what this is about is, you know, developing the resiliency to keep on the path that matters to you with grace. And so everybody's different. Such a but great question. Yeah. Such a great question. <laughs> and I would say my my ratio or my percentage has shifted over the years. Mm. Um, I have grown my grit more mm. and more. Um, and I feel like even last year is probably um, – the grittiest <laughs> I've been yeah. in the grittiest place, but yet grace is definitely a huge part of who I am and my values and my personality. So I think I would say right now, again, this was with a lot of growth. I'm probably at a 60% grit, 40% grace. Love it. It's a good place to be. Yeah. And you need both. Mm -hmm, definitely. definitely. Definitely need both. Well, thank you again, Olivia. And for all you Grit and Grace listeners, thanks for tuning in. This has been you know, an important podcast to me for many reasons. And to have someone like Olivia be a part of all of your journeys as well as mine is, is important to me. And so if you're listening to us on iTunes, please make sure that you leave us a rating and, and a comment. We would appreciate hearing from you. And if you are on Facebook or on the ladieschitchatclub.com, please feel free to leave us, leave us your comments. Tell us what you think and find Olivia because we are going to tag her in all of this stuff. But my friends, thanks for listening and go be fierce. Ladies and gentlemen, do not forget to visit our new subscription box site, Grit, Grace, and Glory at gx3box.com. There you can find out how you can sign up to receive monthly inspiration, education, and some special stuff to help celebrate you. And the best part is every box will have a contribution to a nonprofit or a social enterprise because we all know we like to be our best 